Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Inner Teacher Podcast. I'm really excited to bring in Philip and Jonathan today. They are both two young geniuses that I think can bring a lot of inspiration to us who are either still in school or recently out of school. They have created their own business called Global Perspectives, which is a business that brings different global ideas inside of music and dance to institutions and creates workshops and performances using all of these global artistic inspirations so philip and jonathan have really been creators who have done something they're executing and they're moving forward with their ideas they're also very intelligent and they play the violin and cello and are incredible artists so definitely check them out and i hope you enjoy our conversation around the future of how education can start to become more holistic and well-rounded welcome philip and jonathan Okay, anyway, let's start. start. Okay, so if you guys could introduce yourself and just tell us who you are and what you do without without giving the full resume. (laughs) Well, I'm Jonathan Myron. I'm a violinist. I graduated from Juilliard with my master's in 2018. Um, Over the last year, I've been working at the 92nd Street Y, um, working for the Center for Arts, Learning, and Leadership, which puts on educational programs throughout all five rows in New York City with working with 16,000 students and educators. Um, on the side, I you know, founded Global Perspectives. Uh, I'm co-director there along with my brilliant collaborator, Philip Shigog. Um, and we also have a duo called Archive, doing a lot of really, really cool and different things. Yeah, and we'll talk more about Global Perspectives because that's a whole really interesting sector that you guys are. Yes integrating into. Okay, fella. And my name is Philip Shigog. I am a cellist, originally from Anaheim, California. And I just finished my master's at Juilliard this past May of 2019 and finished my undergrad two years prior in May of 2017. And I guess I would consider myself a budding multi-style cellist, building on my classical roots, but really kind of going all over the place now. Um, I guess there were, there were roots and seeds planted in my earlier years, but now everything is really starting to sprout, exploring all sorts of styles from the, the contemporary and avant-garde electronics to world music to um, rock music. I, I now have all these gadgets I've stuck on my cello, probably to the horror of, of some <laughs> of my peers, but it's really budding out of a curiosity for exploring the breadth of what music and art can be. Yeah, yeah, nice. Awesome. Can you guys talk a little bit about what Global Perspectives is and what you've done with it so far? Yeah, I like to, to think about Global Perspectives as, as, a, as a program that seeks to cultivate a broader understanding of, of different world cultures. And we can do that in, in a variety of different forms, from, from workshops to intensive, you know, core ensemble, um, you know, coachings with, with masters um, from in their disciplines, whether that's an Indian dancer, in this case, recently with the um, unbelievable uh, Indian dancer Preeti Vasudevan to 
the incredible cellist, multi-genre cellist Mike Block, working with you know students uh, to to broaden their horizons, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just add to that. I think, from an artistic standpoint, something valuable and a driving force behind global perspectives is to use an analogy that Mike gave that there are ways of understanding oneself that sometimes aren't even revealed or or known to the artist or the student until they're given a language by which to express that. And so not only is Global Perspectives intended to broaden their horizons of what's out there in the world, Mm -hmm. but also to understand themselves better, that by working in these different contexts and genres, they might discover something within themselves that they hadn't known before, and that can be a life-changing experience. Yeah. And I kind of had that when we were doing the Indian classical dance and we were exploring that in the workshop, I was realizing that this is like a totally new kind of archetype and facet of myself that is then allowed to come through through this other um, perspective or take on dance. Um, So I'm curious why you guys decided to do this and kind of how you came up with it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for me, the fundamental reason is that I think just as an artist, you know, we have to reflect uh, the culture that we're living in. And if you think about New York and how diverse New York is, and the world for that matter, and how important it is as an artist to be able to speak different languages, to communicate across, you know, across different boundaries and use our art. Because I think that's the most, that's the beautiful thing about being an artist is that you can you can perform and, and someone from you know across the world can understand and feel what you're doing and it's a sense in a sense to to kind of just build upon that to broaden your horizons so that you know you can cu- cultivate this very loving and uh, I think this environment of, of empathy so to speak and using the arts for for much bigger purpose yeah and what was like the seed like when did you decide you were like I'm gonna create this program and what was that like because you were both you know you'd graduated with your master's right and then you decided okay we're gonna make this global perspectives thing but Mm -hmm. how did that come about and what were the challenges that you faced in the development of it yeah for me um the seed happened actually during my two years off from school i wanted to take those two years off Actually, I wanted to take one year off, but it became two because it was such a <laughs> such a difficult time, so to speak. Um, but I wanted to utilize the, that time off to to explore new things that I wasn't able to when I was at school, and that that included, you know, whoa, what would jazz? What can I, you know, learning different kinds of languages, whether it was jazz, world music, and with world music, I I heard of. The Silk Road Ensemble, of course, you know, started by the incredible my, you know, someone I idolize, uh, Yo-Yo Ma, and I knew that Silk Road had a, a summer festival that was led by the incredible cellist Mike Block, and I went to this festival and I got to got to learn music with Indian tabla master, a Scottish violinist, and Mike himself learning one of his own tunes, and that experience just you know, jamming with these people and, and just expanding my horizons as an artist, it, it helped me find my voice. And it was that experience that I was like, okay, well, I want all Juilliard students to have this opportunity. I want more people to have this opportunity. So what can I do about that? Yeah. And very labor intensive process and just having lots of communication um, and conversations with, 
the Juilliard uh, administrators and faculty, finally global perspectives came about. And I'm so happy to say that, you know, entering a second year, we, you know, Philip and I really, I would say, expanded the possibilities of what I ever imagined global perspectives could be. And now I think we're dreaming big. Yeah. And I guess I approached the project itself, but also the ideas that power the project from a, a different angle. During my time at Juilliard, I, uh, I, and I blame my, a few friends in particular, but I was drawn very quickly into the new music rabbit hole and became very interested in working with composers, commissioning, pushing the limits of the instrument and getting pushing yeah getting outside kind of the the box of what the standard track of the curriculum was expected to provide mm -hmm. and there were other influences from early earlier in my life before reaching Juilliard uh, the kind of cross-genre quartet called the Turtle Island Quartet, who basically play everything except classical music. They were a massive influence. The Croatian uh, cello duo called Two Cellos, who did amazing covers of classic rock songs. Um, they were a massive influence. And just this idea of using the instruments that I had experience on, but using it in very different applications and the way that they were able to reach different audiences, express themselves in new ways. Yeah. That was always something that was laying a little bit dormant and I was exploring ways to express that in school. And so, and it kind of came to a, a head through several concerts that I produced at school. And one of them, the, it was a combination of my love of new music and this increasing interest in the backgrounds and the kind of cultural heritages of composers uh, had a program where I commissioned a whole slew of composers to focus on works or to write works that were based on or driven from something from their cultural heritage. And so we had all these kind of cultural influences combined with new music. And then the summer after that was when I met Jonathan at the Artist and Citizen Conference oh, wow. and discovered about discovered his project he was working on and he pitched it to me and I was like, wow, cool. this seems like we uh, a lot of these values are aligning in yeah. what we're doing and he was already really far along with that, but uh, needed some legs. Right. <laughs> I yeah. was still at school, so I was able to help where I could, but um, it, it was really a, a faithful meeting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys have done two of these workshops at Juilliard now, and what do you kind of see where it goes? Like, what's the vision of the future? You said you're dreaming big, which I think is cool. Can you share that a little bit about how you see the expansion of it? Yeah, I, I see it as a program that can exist, you know, in, in so many different ways, whether it's, you know, in various conservatories and, and universities, that, that have existing music programs, whether that be traditional classical programs or, or, and jazz programs, we're looking to add that other element, that other side of, of a holistic education, so to speak. Um, and I also you know, envision it in, in organizations that want to provide professional development um, opportunities for maybe their teaching artists or, artists or faculty that they, that they, hire, that they have on their roster. Mm -hmm. 
Um, in addition to that, we also have, we like to think of it as, as a collective of sorts, you know, with, with Mike Locke and Preeti Vasudevan and, and all these incredible artists from around the world that we bring in, eventually, you know, just to be putting on concerts with an incredible band. Right. Um, and, and with each program that we, that we develop, we're cultivating all these incredible artists, you know, and with possibilities for, for performances and program, you know, program opportunities in various places. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the educational side, I think we see a massive opportunity in terms of where the, at least the American arts education landscape is right now, where a lot of the questions are around relevance in these programs, which oftentimes are suffering from lack of funding, lack of, um, sometimes lack of interest, uh, where there seems to be disconnect with the students yeah. that they're trying to take through these programs to introduce them to what art and music can bring. And so we see that there's a, a potential opening where a program like this can say, well, our culture is having a lot of conversations right now around how do we relate to other cultures? How do we, how do we broaden our horizons and be thinking about people outside of the society we live in? And so if we can have an artistic program that addresses that in a very tangible, hands-on way, we see so many doors potentially opening there mm -hmm. that we, we might be able to walk through in the future. Yeah, you guys are definitely in the right place at the right time, um, which is really, <laughs> really amazing. Um, so I feel like, for instance, with Juilliard, you know, getting these kind of more global programs to come in is something that the school obviously wants but I think sometimes the students or have you found I guess the students uh, struggle maybe to see like the lack of value in it or how has it been uh, reaching students and reaching faculty in terms of um, really showing to them and giving an example that like learning globally and having global perspectives can be of value to whatever kind of route that you're trying to go on how how, how do you um how do you state that as something that can be valuable for everyone yeah i think from the feedback that we've received um putting on this program numerous times everybody has almost unanimously said how how important the project was to them and so I don't think that is, you know, that is at the basis of, of the issues that we're having. I think, you know, one problem at Juilliard is just there's a lot going on. Yeah. And people are busy. Right. So it's really about, I think for us, you know, getting, getting the word out and get, but actually getting people in the door. Yeah. Because I think once we have, once we have people in attendance, everything kind of just works out the way we envision it too. Yes. But so it's that it's really just that first piece and so how do you how do you get people in the door especially when there's so much going on when they have other commitments and it's it's a it's a big prop it's a big I wouldn't say problem but it's just a big thing to to think about yeah. and, and to try to approach differently, you know. Well, and another unique factor I think that Juilliard plays into it or the the nature of the institution Right, is that Juilliard is an extremely high-level institution that has uh, that is very focused. The students who come are very focused on on their craft, mm -hmm. and oftentimes, I would say, probably a, an overwhelming majority of students who audition and come in for the music division, there's a 
there are presuppositions about yeah. what the nature of the education looks like. And these mm -hmm. kids are amazing. They're, they're the, coming from um, the, the most talented kids of their generation. But a lot of times the focus of what the, that presupposition of what it means to be a successful Juilliard student, what it means to be a successful artist, is this very narrow scope, mm -hmm. yeah. which is difficult for a couple of reasons. I think on the one hand, during their time at Juilliard, it can be at the detriment to them looking for new possibilities. But then also when they leave school, if there's this narrow focus of this is what it means to be successful, mm -hmm. it can be so uh, potentially devastating because the rain, the, the scope of how many successful positions of winning the orchestra job, being a concert winning pianist, those opportunities are becoming more finite as the number of students yeah. is growing. Mm -hmm. And so for the sake of the students themselves, I, I think that increasing the range of what they see as this is artistically valuable and this is what it can look like to be a successful, whatever that means, successful, but a fruitful, meaningful life in the arts, to open up the possibilities so that they see, ah, learning to become more adaptable, more flexible, more versatile in my artistry is actually one of the most valuable things I can spend my time doing. I think that's the value proposition that yeah, as a as the culture of the school begins to shift, that's where we would love to see it heading. That's, that's so well yeah. said. I just want to say that's so well said. Great, amazing. I wanted to add to that. I mean, that's that is at at the core. And I think another thing to think about when you think about higher education is what is the intention? You know, it's like what is the intention of of all the classes that that you're offering, and and the opportunities that you're providing for students. In my belief, I think higher education should really show what's out there, mm -hmm. give you a little, you know, give you the opportunities to, to, to find your voice, so to speak, by doing, and providing you with the experiences to explore things so that you can decide, wow, that's actually what I really want to do. And I think, as Philip had mentioned, there are presuppositions of what the education looks like when you go to a place like Juilliard, which is you know, at the top, at the top of the, of the class when it comes to, you know, yeah. classical performing arts. And it's been doing that excellently for, for the last, I don't know, how many years? Many, many. 64. 60, 60 yeah. yeah, 60 plus years. But at this time, when the world is changing, the arts landscape is changing, we have to be mindful and we have to be intentional about the programs that we offer and what a holistic education looks like. Yeah. And so I think that's what we're trying to, trying to do is just offer that brief you know, opportunity to dabble in something that's out, that is totally legitimate, that, is, that it has a, a rich legacy of its own, mm -hmm. and just provide that window for students to explore and hopefully inspire to, to explore further, especially you know, when you have such limited time constraints. That's all you can really do. I think we were very intentional about what we hoped students would take away from this very 48 hours, you know, 48 hour program. Wow, cool. Yeah. Mm, cool. Okay, cool. Well, I see like such big things inside of this and I'm so excited for you both. I feel like there is kind of this shift that's happening and it's hard to see because we're in the middle of it this transition and this evolution kind of 
deconstruction of the old way and rebuilding kind of a new perspective and I feel like I love the name of it this global perspective to kind of think larger and think in a more connected route um, so I'm just really excited to see where that goes for you okay so where can we find you two well you can find us currently through the ensemble that Jonathan and I have going on right now called Arkai that's spelled A-R-K-A-I so our website is archimusic.com. And there's a tab on that website for global perspectives so you can find more information. Great. And then do you have a personal Instagram or anything that people would follow? Yeah. Um, you can find me at Jonathan Myron Music. Jonathan, M I and then Myron, M-I-R-O-N, Music. And then I'm at Philip Shegog. Okay. Easy. P-H-I-L-I-P-S-H-E-E-G-O-G. -E -E okay. Thank you so much for being on this today. I'm so Thank happy to have you. Us. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm so grateful to get to bring on these amazing creators and to have them share their stories and their journeys with you all. It is so inspiring to me, and I hope that it is inspiring to you. If you want to learn more about Inner Teacher and what we're doing inside of workshops and retreats, go to innerteacher.com, or you can follow us at inner underscore teacher. My mission is to really show that we can all trust our voices, we can all listen to ourselves, and that we have all the information that we need in order to start to produce and create our incredible art in whatever fashion that is. So you can find me at Nathan Hirschau, N-A-T-H-A-N-H-I-R-S-C-H-A-U-T, on Instagram or NathanHirschau.com. I hope to have many more podcasts coming soon, and I hope to connect a lot of different kinds of disciplines and creators together and have places of artistic exchange and intersection. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.